Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Thank you, Rural Scoop listeners, for tuning in for part of a series of interviews that gives us a chance to get to know our Arizona County School Superintendents. Today, we'll be talking with Jill Broussard, the Superintendent of Schools in Pinal County. I'm really looking forward to hearing about her county and learning about educational opportunities for students in that part of the state. Jill, are you ready to give us the scoop? I am. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so glad you were able to join us. Um, before we get started with the questions, can you give our listeners a bit of information about you and your background? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm originally from Ohio, and I moved to Arizona in 2000 to go to school at uh, Arizona State University, and I got my bachelor's in elementary education, and I taught for a little while. Uh, most recently, I taught in the kindergarten classroom. Um, I then I decided to run for this position, which is a position that doesn't even exist in Ohio. Uh, and I have served two four-year terms, or I'm on the tail end of my second four-year term, and I'm planning on running again. Um, it's been a lot of fun and a huge learning experience. I went back to school uh, after my first election to get my master's in educational leadership um, which has also helped in this position. I am the mother of two teenage boys in Santan Valley, and um, my husband was just just recently um, ended his stint with the Arizona National Guard as well. So I just stay busy in the community and um, with my my focus on education and what we can do to improve it here in Pinal County. Many Arizonans may not know what a county school superintendent does once you're elected to office. Can you describe what your role and responsibilities are here in Pinal County? Sure. Um, my duties are spelled out in Arizona statute um, title 15. And like I mentioned before, we're elected to four-year terms. We actually don't have any oversight really with the districts. We kind of act more as an education service agency. And we call that an ESA. Um, but part of our duties is the, uh, we do the fiscal services with, for the districts and we just help with balancing to the treasurer. Um, it's my signature. This is really the only way I'm known in the county is my signature is on everybody's paycheck here in the county. And occasionally yeah. I run into people and they just say, oh, hey, you sign my paycheck. <laughs> um, we do professional development for the districts in Pinal County. We have a data processing consortium. Um, when there is a school board vacancy in a non, like in midterm for the school board, members. Um, I do the appointments for that. Our office is in charge of the education at the juvenile detention center here in Florence. And we also do um, GED prep and testing at the jail, as well as any youth that may be remanded there 
um, at the jail for as adults. And we oversee an accommodation district, um, which consists of an elementary school, Mary C. O'Brien, and a high school, Villa Oasis. Jill, you also serve in a capacity on the State Board of Education here in Arizona. What do you do for them? Well, my main job for the State Board of Education is to be um, a representative of for the schools here in Pinal County and rural schools all over the state, but also just to help with setting policy, education policy throughout the state. And right now, a lot of that focuses on the A through F accountability system, as well as the, the standardized state assessment. We have a five-year plan set forth for that, for just what it's going to look like in our districts. So if anybody has any questions about that, they can go to the um, State Board of Education website, and we have our state our, our five-year plan for that. Now, we just heard about you. Uh, can you introduce us to Pinal County? What are some of the things that make it unique? So... I do get to travel some around the the country and I work with other education service agencies um, around the country and this is a question I get a lot. And I think the one that gets the most reaction is that our county is the size of Connecticut. So Hmm. it's roughly around 5,300 square miles and that poses a, a, a problem. I can't, I can't visit all the districts in one day, that's for sure. But we're sandwiched in between Maricopa County, which is Phoenix, and Pima County, which would um, house Tucson. And as those two counties grow, they really have kind of grown into Pinal County. Pinal is, in fact, I just read that we're the second fastest growing county in the U.S. Wow. From- from the years 2000 to 2010, which was the last census. So I think that I I would not be surprised to see that that growth has continued. Um, The largest community is actually an unincorporated area called Santan Valley in the northern part of the county. And it has, as of 2010, 81,000 people living there. But I know um, because I live there that that number has actually surpassed 100,000 at this point. Wow. Which is surprising. Um, number two was Casa Grande, and in 2010, they had just over half the amount of people there as we do in Santan Valley at 48,751. So um, it's kind of crazy because to expect the county to um, care for that commu- that size community, I don't think the county's really been set up to do that, but that's a huge community that's unincorporated. We have about 21 school districts in Pinal County, and uh, I can go through all those, but it'd be a long list, but just kind of <laughs> give you an idea, we have the community of Maricopa way over on the east side, and then that goes down to Picacho and Red Rock. It goes all the way over to Saddlebrook um, and Oracle, Superior, Apache Junction, and everything in between. So. But we also have two um, technical institutes. We have Cabot and Cobra Valley, and we have a community college that we help. Uh, well, we coordinate a lot with, and then I also do board appointments for Central Arizona College here. Public schools in rural counties can vary quite a bit from big to small and from well-resourced to impoverished. Mm-hmm. What does the spectrum look like in Pinal County? 
Well, uh, we have a really high um, Title I here in the county, throughout the county, really. But I, I kind of wanted to give you an idea of our district sizes. So I would say Florence or the two districts in Casa Grande together, Casa Grande Elementary, along with Casa Grande High School, they service uh, well over 10,000 students. And Florence, they also service the Santan Valley area, and that's probably why they have 14 schools. But then we look all the way down to the other end of the spectrum where we have several districts that are just a single school, one of which is yours, of course. That's right. Um, and Stanfield. And Picacho has 170 students, one school. My district, the Mary C. O'Brien Accommodation District, they have, um, we get the small school weight. Uh, so we have a little more than Picacho, but between those two schools, we have 225 students. So we're looking at some really big districts that may have access to some services and resources that someplace like Picacho wouldn't. There's really not a lot of rooftops in that area. So when you want to talk about a bond or an override, it's kind of difficult to pass that when you have so few voters. I think, haven't we had a conversation, Melissa, about this before with Stanfield? Don't you have, how many voters do you have in your district? We have just over a thousand and our boundaries are almost 600 square miles. So there's not, a, it's very sparsely populated. There's not a lot of uh, areas of density where uh, our district is located. Yeah. So that's, you know, the kind of range you get. You have some that are really pretty remote. Um, including one on, on the um, Indian Reservation, and then some that are just right off the freeway, like Apache Junction and Maricopa. Jill, all of the counties in Arizona have rural schools. And so what does rural education look like here in Pinal County? Um, you know, I, don't, I think that the rural schools here in Pinal County are very similar to the rural schools in any other county in the state as well as across the country and the things that um, are challenges for them. So one of those challenges is just access to technology and broadband. You know, some schools that have one-to-one -one devices and some that still don't have Wi-Fi. So one of the things that our office has done, we, we've worked to do a broadband initiative and that's gonna bring broadband access out to all of the communities and schools and library districts here in the county. But another challenge, I think, is attracting new teachers. So those younger teachers in particular, the ones that are just graduating, I don't know how much of an appeal there is to move out to Stanfield or to move out to um, Oracle, even though I think these are great communities. Um, I think that our newer teachers, they're going to be looking at what, what do the communities have that interests me and, and, you know, is there a nightlife available? Right, right. Um, a social circle that they can uh, attach themselves to. Exactly. Even child care for young families um, and how the cost of housing and, um, and I, you know, those rural areas, unless a student is from there and want to return there, so they have that tie, a lot of times they're not interested in coming out to our rural areas. And along with that, it's even retaining our teachers. So we have some districts um, 
that are pretty close to some larger districts uh, in other counties, Maricopa or Pima, um, that pay more. So when you are in what's considered a rural area and you're not making that much money, <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely tempting to move on to the district next door where you can be making $10,000 more. Um, so that kind of goes along with our uh, retaining our teachers. And then also I have found is the community support in some of these rural areas. You ha do have some homelessness and um, poverty. And so a lot of times mom and dad are working, you know, sunup to pass sundown. They've got sometimes one or two jobs just trying to put food on the table and to ask the community to be, be involved in your school or even in their own child's education. There's such a wide array of, of things um, that you can talk about when it comes to equity with rural schools. And so we have our challenges. And so as, as a county school superintendent, we try to just be supportive to the districts and helping them meet the needs of their communities if, if there's a way we can help with that. Do you think that the challenges that these rural districts are facing are different from those that are in the urban or suburban communities? I do think that some of them are different, uh, but then there are others that aren't. You know, there's a lot of resources available in the urban districts that aren't available out here rural and even just being the proximity of what's what's close what services are close how many what tutors are available and even with funding does your office you mentioned them before have an educational service agency and what type of programming do you offer through that okay we do all sorts of stuff with the education service agency we do our our pd um we we have our pd department and We've got a really robust catalog of trainings that we can provide to the districts and teachers. Um, we have a training center. Um, we get a lot more requests now, though, to do school site-based trainings and coachings and online courses. Um, and you can find those online, but uh, PanalESA.org, and you look under the professional development and there's a link there, too, to, to register. If you're a, a teacher here in Pinal County, your school district is part of our consortium, and the trainings are um, nearly free. Some are free. Some are $15, $20. But when you're looking at some of the other counties that are, that are charging over $100 a training, I think that we try to do our best to keep that low so we can provide the best training for our teachers. Um, but we also have been successful in establishing a business and education partnership here in Pinal County where um, our district leaders and businesses around Pinal County can have conversations about how they can work together to improve education as well as prepare the workforce that, that are gonna be coming, coming towards them for jobs. We collaborate a lot with our districts when in a curriculum steering and even in trying to decide what trainings to provide for the year 
we ask the teachers as well as the administration and we have those meetings to set that up in advance. Um, the last couple of years we've done this really great unconference. Have you been to one of those yet? I haven't had the opportunity, but I hear that they're very, very good. Yeah, it's really a strange concept and I'm a planner, so it caused some anxiety for me initially <laughs> when I heard about the concepts and that, that we were going to be doing that, but it really worked out great and I was able to sit in on several um, rooms with different teachers from districts who were just talking about a topic that they felt was important to talk about and the information shared was really great. So we've been able to do that for the past couple of years for the um, districts. We do the county spelling bee. We have the data processing consortium and we do um, grant opportunities. Right now we have a de department of justice grant um, working on school safety. We do a governor's office of youth, faith and family and that's on um, how to talk to your kids about drugs. Um, we have an E-rate consortium. So basically we try to provide whatever we can at such a price that you couldn't go find this quality of service anywhere else. And we also are out looking for grants to bring new programs and trainings into um, our districts. And one of the unique things I think about Pinal County is it's not limited to only Pinal County districts. You have an open door policy with other counties. <laughs> That's right, we do. Um, and it started out, I think, I think we would have always had the, we've always had the open door policy, but we really solidified it in the development of the regional service centers, which we did throughout the state. And really all that is, is just a partnership between, for us, it's Pinal, Graham, Greenlee, and Gila County. And when they need help with trainings or um, really anything that we can help them with, we step up and we either help their education service agency with that or their county superintendent's office, or we just will go into the districts and help them out with the trainings. Um, but we also have been doing a lot of math 2020 training in Maricopa most recently, and um, we'll continue to expand that as much as we can, just because if we have the, the ability to help the districts in the state, that's what we're here for. So Jill, to date, what are the successes that you've had during your time in office? Well, we've had some legislative success. Um, most recently, this this last legislative season, um, we really had to approach the state about um, revisiting the funding for the juvenile detention schools because that hadn't been touched in ninety since 1995. And we were across the state at the point where the schools were closing, our juvenile detention schools were closing all over the state. So Pinal actually picked up all of those counties sending their juvenile detention students to our school. And we also were experiencing issues when it came to funding and keeping the door open. So when this first started, we had a teacher slash principal and a paraprofessional and just an admin assistant. So um, 
I had to make tough decision and approach the board of supervisors to ask for some assistance in keeping those doors open, which the board of supervisors here in Pinal County fully understood the situation we were in and they were they came to the rescue but we knew that we needed to address it statewide and we were successful this year at passing legislation to increase the funding from twenty five thousand um, dollars per school to a hundred thousand dollars and then instead of fifteen dollars a day per student we'll be receiving twenty five dollars a day per student so it's huge we actually all feel like we've won the lottery mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a drop in the bucket when you're looking at a traditional school, but for us, it's enough to hire another teacher. The development or of the, our business and education partnership has been huge, and we do an annual uh, conference for that. And then one of the most shining, you know, feather in my cap kind of moments was when Justice Sandra Day O'Connor came and um, spoke to our superintendents here in Pinal County, and um, we did a highlight on her iCivics program. So getting to meet her and allowing our students and our superintendents to be able to meet her and be inspired by that, that was one of my successes, I'd say. Um, And then I have worked really hard at establishing good relationships and collaborative relationships with the districts in the county. I think that we really try to work together whenever we can. And the uh, broadband initiative to bring that out, that's um, several, I think it's about $33 million project. So to be able to apply for and qualify for that opportunity for our districts is a huge success. Um, And then just continuing to broaden our opportunities for professional development and the different ways that we can provide that with having it online now. Um, And so it's on demand, teachers can do it in their homes or the districts can, you know, do it together right there on their computer is huge. I think that we're able to access more teachers that way. And then of course, being on the state board is a really a huge honor. And so that was definitely one of my largest successes as well. Governor Ducey um, asked and appointed me to that. And so that was quite an honor. Uh, As you look ahead into this upcoming year, what do you see happening with education in your county? Do you have any goals that your office has set in place that you can share with us? Sure. So, you know, of course, we're still seeing growth in some areas and decline in others. And I know that several of our districts are um, experiencing a decline enrollment. And sometimes it's because of the closing of a mine. Sometimes it's through the expansion of charter schools in the area. But for our ESA, we just would really like to be able to go and be the source for the district needs. And so continuing that conversation with our districts and trying to establish what what needs can we fill for you. Um, we're in a good spot to bargain and provide for the district needs, but we'd like to do more with one-on-one coaching for our, our teachers um, in, in the county, and we can do that virtually. And so we're kind of working at um, gearing that up. We are growing our services while saving the district's money um, and being their voice and their advocate at the state and federal level is really high on our list. For the county to goals to um, achieve 
those achieve 60 indicators that I know that you spoke about before in one of your podcasts, achieve 60 across the, the state, we have our own Pinal Achieve initiatives. And so we're really looking at strengthening that K-12 pipeline and increasing college readiness and high school graduation rates, having our, the opportunity for our students to be able to complete credentialing, um, you know, kind of aligning those workforce needs for the benefit of our county and our state, of course. Really, our goals are your goals, the district's goals, and find some vetted um, opportunities to come in and, and help you achieve those goals. Jill, can you talk a little bit about the growth that we've had here in Pinal County around the business community? Because that's really something that I know that everyone in the county has been aware of and is planning for and has goals set around those as well. Yeah. My goodness. Well, I can I can give you kind of a 10,000-foot view as far as the details. I'm not great, but I know that we have had some serious um, growth in kind of the advanced technology fields here in Pinal County. We have uh, a couple of Electric car and truck companies have come to Pinal County, um, and that's going to be some advanced manufacturing and innovative technology sorts of things that we really need to prepare our students for. Um, There's a kind of a boom in the healthcare industry as well, and so being able to see those needs that those employers are going to be looking for um, trained engineers or trained healthcare professionals. We have to, that's why the business and education important because we can have that conversation with the companies and industry coming in and even um, county economic developers. You know, how can we prepare for this? Because we really wish we could be just so nimble that we could come up with a program and shift our focus three weeks after we learn about a new a new employer coming in. But it's really a lot more complex to be able to shift and develop those programs so quickly. So if anyone wants more information about Pinal County or your ESA, how can they get in touch with you? First, I'd like to tell you to check out the Achieve Pinal Dot com And that'll go through kind of where we are in Pinal County in, re- in respect in regard to um, the Achieve 60 movement throughout the state. And then for Pinal County, you can take a look at that PinalESA.org, and that is our website. Are there any other things that you want people to know about Pinal County? I think Pinal County is up and coming. There's a lot of really strong advocates for education here in Pinal County. And it's exciting to be in a county that has the opportunity to grow the way Pinal does and to have some great people here alongside of us trying to uh, prepare for that growth and provide the best opportunities for our kids that, that we can. 
Jill, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I want to let all the Roll Scoop listeners know that Jill's contact information will be available in the show notes. So you can check that out at the Arizona Rural Schools Association website at azruralschools.org and get more detailed information on how to get in touch with her. Thanks again, Jill, for talking with me today. Thanks so much for having me. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.